Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team are the premier DUI defense lawyers in East Tennessee. They also do personal injury. They also do criminal defense. If you find yourself needing legal representation, support the man who supports us. Do whatever you can to get the best result possible for your case. Hiring Marcos Garza and his team is doing just that. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's the dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right, another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you July 10th, Wednesday night, about 8 o'clock Eastern time. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. It's good to hear your voice as always. Just another day. Just another day. I've missed you, my friend. I've missed you. I'm glad to be back. Tennessee football tickets went on sale today. Single game tickets. I saw that. I saw that. Um, Seem to be a lot of lowers still available. That's not good. Hopefully they get scooped up. Yeah. Yeah, I would say they got would get scooped up. I know some people in the Discord were posting pictures of, you know, buying 10, 12, talking about getting group tickets and stuff like that. So... I think people are slowly working their way up into getting excited about football. Yeah, I think people should be more excited than they are because I think we're going to be a good bit better. We'll see, though. I mean, obviously, a lot can change. Uh, Brent Hub said today that everything continues to trend in the right direction for Trey Smith being back. Oh, okay. Shout out to Trey. <clears throat> but we'll know for sure in August. Um but I do think we're going to be a good bit better. It just hinges on the defensive line, I think. Um, so not the offensive line, the defensive line. I mean, I think if Trey Smith comes back, we're going to be all right on the offensive line. Not great by any means, but like, okay. Okay. You know, you at least get, for whatever it's worth, which I don't know if it's much, you at least get Brandon Kennedy back. You have Trey Smith. Of course, who knows for how long, but... I think if you get Trey Smith back, you're going to be okay. The defensive line, I don't think anybody has any idea. I certainly don't. I mean, I have no idea what to expect on the defensive line. So where are you at right now in terms of excitement? You, you, Where are you at? Talk to me, uh, Seth. Where are you at? Where are you at on excitement? I'm more excited than I have been in, in, in quite a long time. I know it's not – 2016 wasn't that long ago, although it feels about like a decade ago. So I guess I'm the most excited Oof. since then. 
It feels like a long, long time ago. It feels like a decade ago because I was just thinking that I'm the most excited I've been in a really long time, but it hasn't been that long. Um, 2017, 2018 were just, I had zero excitement. I'm pretty excited though. Like, I think we're going to be better because I think Jeremy Pruitt can really coach football. I think that this is one of those years where we're going to lose a heartbreaker to Florida because it feels like we either lose. A backbreak. It feels like we either have a backbreaking loss to Florida or just have like a clown show where we get ass hammered. This year feels much more like it's going to be a backbreaking, soul crushing, hurtful loss. Oh like, God, oh, that's good. I'm glad you're so excited for the football season and that crushing loss. That's uh, that sounds great. Like Garantano has played a perfect game, and we're driving down three at the end of the fourth quarter, and he inexplicably throws an interception because he doesn't see the Florida linebacker playing under in coverage. Something like that. What are you doing? Something like that. So I'm pretty excited. I just – I still don't see – so I read – I can picture that in my mind. We can all picture it perfectly. Like, it has – I mean – Does he take it back? Does he take it back to the house – or does he, he just doesn't intercept even have to. it? Okay. He doesn't even have to because it's the end of the game. Yeah, he just falls down. We And so we all fall down collectively wherever we're watching it onto our faces. I got a feeling Florida does the pick six to rub it in, to be honest. Okay. That works, too. I mean, that, that definitely fits in with Florida's, um, you know, demeanor. I will say, I will say I read, so VolQuest, your boy, Jesse Simonson, your boy. My boy. He, he uh... He's been doing a scout your opponent for every opponent that Tennessee plays. Seems a little bit like a ripoff of Will Warren's Show Me My Opponent, but whatever. I love Jesse. It's uh, it's all good. He uh, did Florida, I guess, late last week or early this week. Okay. And I'll be honest. I'm not seeing why they're ranked. Oh, now we're talking. Come on. Give it to me. Go ahead and finish that sentence. Well, they, they lost four offensive linemen. They lost four starters on the offensive line. They have no depth. All to like graduation slash the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, they, they replaced four stars on the offensive line. They replaced their starting running back. I know that um, P. Ryan is going to start this year, and he had a pretty good year last year. I mean, they've got some good receivers. Um, Felipe Franks is not that good. We're going to have four new offensive linemen next year, too. We're not ranked in the top ten. No, no, we're not. Um, and I, Felipe, mean, I, I think everyone's excited about our four new offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I think Felipe. Like looking at Felipe Franks' stats, though, they were better than I thought they were. He he took care of the ball. Um, I just wasn't seeing it with their like. It just doesn't seem like a top ten team. Then we all know about the depth issues. They have like what seventy eight scholarship players. This is still a veteran team. It's probably not going to affect them that much this year, but like the next two years, they're going to be pretty thin because they keep just hemorrhaging players. Um, but they, they we, replace. And, and we know what that's like. I mean, we you know what happens. Like I've seen a lot of people like, yeah, you know, they had another cornerback transfer this week. I believe it was number nine so far of the offseason. They're all like, yeah, he's a backup that wasn't going to get to play. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, hey, you know, he was he got beat out by a freshman. 
Well, when you have those guys start leaving, that kind of creates a problem, though, right? Because you know that someone's going to get hurt. Like, someone's going to get hurt somewhere, and all of a sudden you're going to start losing depth. Yeah, I mean, having a having a backup upperclassman is pretty nice. That has, I mean, whether, like, just for the simple fact he's played before and he knows what to expect. Um, I, I just don't see it with them. Like, I think the world of Dan Mullen. Um, but losing four starters on the offensive line... Is, is a pretty big deal. Um, apparently, they're, they're loaded again at defensive back. This thing, this, this, this. Uh, that seems to be the set. usual. That, that seems to be the u- the usual for Florida. Yeah, I mean, like, of course they are because why not? They always are. Um, I guess I had heard of C.J. Henderson. I don't know anything about Marco Wilson. Um. Like, Felipe Franks threw 24 touchdowns and six interceptions last year, but he only averaged 189 yards per game, and he only completed 58.4% of his passes. Um, And that was behind a veteran offensive line. So, when he had a really good offensive line, he wasn't exactly lighting it up. Now, what is he going to be like behind a brand-new offensive line with who knows what they have? I mean... I, I didn't really I mean, listen to much of that. I was thinking about whether or not Marco Polo would be a cool nickname for Marco Wilson. Would that be a cool nickname for like a cornerback? Because when I think of Marco Polo, I think of like water. And when you think mm-hmm. of a good shutdown cornerback, you think of an island. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. Would that be a cool nickname if he was like, you know, call, cool. me, call me Marco Polo because, um, well, no, because you can't find me. Like, that's not that's not it. I I can't find you. No, that. That's why I was sitting here thinking, is that a cool nickname or not? It was good before we put a lot of thought into it. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like you got to put thoughts into nicknames, though. Yeah. Like, all the good nicknames have, like, a good meaning behind them, or, or most of them, you know, like Floyd Money Mayweather. Well, he likes money. He makes a lot of money. Yeah, I, as with anything involving Floyd Money Mayweather, a lot of thought went into that, I'm sure. I mean, it fit. It was a good yeah. nickname. He can't read, right? That is uh, correct. He is illiterate. That's what I thought. You ever seen the video of 50 Cent offering yes. him yes. It's a million awesome. dollars if he can read a, a page out of Harry Bo- a Harry Potter book without messing up? Yeah, it's all time. I mean, it's, it's a classic. <laughs> he, <laughs> said, fuck, he said, fuck the ice bucket challenge. I challenged Floyd Mayweather to read a page out of Harry Potter. <laughs> it's, all, it's an all-time video. Uh, it's kind of mean, though. Yeah, I don't know. Can you make can you make fun of a grown man for not being able to read? Like, a, can can you make fun of that? Well, I think I think it just depends on like if he would. I mean, I think yeah, you can. I think there's obviously exceptions. Like if 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 Floyd Money Mayweather took like an intelligence test and he scored below the baseline for mental retardation, then we probably ought not make fun of him. Sure. But if he's scoring above the baseline for mental retardation, then I think we ought to make fun of him. So I think that, you know, there's, there's, it's not, as you know, I mean, there's times where he can, there's times where he can't. Um, 
My uncle always told me he couldn't read. He'd always make me read the menu for him whenever we'd go to a diner or something. You think he was just messing with you? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he did or not. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I re- to this day, to this day, That's I still awesome. don't know. That's awesome. To this day, I still don't know if Uncle Jackie was messing with me. But everywhere we'd go, he'd make me read the signs for him, and whenever we'd go eat, he'd make me read the menu for him. That's really awesome. But I mean, he was just a farmer, so like, I don't, I don't know if he had to read or not. I, I don't, I don't know. Well, whether or not I never made fun of, I never made fun of him about it, just because I felt kind of mean making fun of my uncle. But I always wondered, like, am I allowed to make fun of him? I, I, I say yes. I mean, I say yes. We're as laughing Matt, about it right now. As Matt says on the Discord, if you have hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm allowed to make fun of you for anything. See, that's kind of to me. It's, it's. I don't want to say the opposite, but like. If he can't read and he made hundreds of millions of dollars, like... Who's the jokes? The joke's on us. Right. I mean, like, what what did reading get me? Yeah. Not, not hundreds of millions of dollars, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, if, if, I was, if I was Floyd Money Mayweather and somebody was calling me retarded, I would probably tell them to eat shit and then show them my bank account. That's what he says. He says, I can read the zeros on the check. Yeah. Hmm. So good for Floyd. Good for Floyd Money Mayweather. I mean, I would. Would you trade literacy for hundreds of millions of dollars? Probably yes. I mean, I think we all take that trade, right? Mm-hmm. Because his brain's like mush now, anyway, right? I don't know if his brain is mush. I mean, that was the thing about his fighting style. He didn't he really never get got hit. hit. Never yeah, got he, hit. he he really didn't get hit. So he might get to the end of his career with hundreds of millions of dollars, an undefeated record, and you know, perfectly fine mental health. So is he the most? Like, technically sound boxer of all time. I mean, I'm not the person to ask that, but, I mean, he has to be one of, if not the most. Yeah, I don't know anything about boxing. I just know people would say, like, he would never get hit. Yeah, like, I mean, that, that's, why his, yeah, that's just, why his fights were so boring, because he would just dodge the whole time and play defense. Yeah. Now I I'm really confused. Why? I mean, just whether or not I can laugh at him, because, like I said, he makes hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know, but I saw Pacquiao is fighting again. Well, see, that's the thing. And that was, old. I don't want to say like, I look, I don't, there's a question here on the Patreon, uh, on the discord later from patron Mike Palmer that I think we'll go ahead and get to it. Cause I feel like I'm about to go on a, I don't want to sound like I'm on a woke rant or anything. Right. But I feel like these two things are related. I feel like everyone always talked about how Floyd Mayweather was going to be the one that ended up broke. Right. Mm-hmm. And that Pacquiao was the good guy. He, he's still fighting at age 40 because he actually, like, needs the paychecks. I feel like it was kind of... Okay, some, well, I remember the... Some the, covert racism that they all I assumed Floyd total, Mayweather was going to go broke. I remember the total opposite. Like, the media hated Manny Pacquiao. Whoa, no, 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 no. A lot of them did because of his because of his social views. No, well, that didn't come out. That came out towards the end. Well, yeah, towards the end, like, he, I remember him getting just ripped and ripped and ripped over his, like... Social views, which, hey, like, guys, like, people in the Philippines yeah. are not going to be as woke as America. Well, it was, it was just, it was, I mean, to be in the Philippines, he still did kind of the American um, wearing religion on the sleeve thing, where he had this, all these stance hidden behind religion, and then he got caught cheating on his wife a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, like, you think of Hugh Freeze. Yeah. So he might have been born in the Philippines, but he still had that going for him. Yeah. 
I just remember people just around the Mayweather fight, like people just hammering him for his like his social views, which is like if you know anything about the Philippines, you know any then you know about their current president who like will just like I mean, they just basically cleanse the streets of anyone that is doing drugs. I mean, it's a very, um, it's not as forward thinking on, on, on social issues as America. And I just remember people like what he said about gay people, like people just hated him for what he said about yeah. gay people. Like, yeah. who cares? Just watch the dude fight. Who cares what he thinks? He's not paid in America because of his stance on marriage. Like, just watch him fight. I guess he was a good boxer. I don't know. Yeah, he was. The fight between him and Mayweather was just absolutely horrid to watch. Well, it was two and a half, three years too late, and he had a hurt shoulder, according to himself. But, I mean, it was three years too late. He had been knocked out. He wasn't the same guy anymore. But I do remember the uh, people just hating him because of his views on homosexuality or whatever. But I saw he was fighting. I'm like... I thought he had retired. I thought both of them had retired. I think he's I looked good. I think he's looked good his last couple of fights, to be honest. And the the I mean, boxing videos, boxing promos—they always get me in because I was kind of like, you know what? I kind of want to watch this fight now. Like, I'm sure it's not on pay per view. I'm sure I can get it like on ESPN Plus or Dazone or whatever. Dazen. Mm -hmm. That was talking boxing with John and Seth. I kind of hinted at. I guess I'll go ahead and go ahead and knock out one of the the Patreon questions from Mike Palmer. Uh, he asked why I have such a problem with Mark Cuban. He says he seems from my Twitter. I have a problem with Mark Cuban. Uh, I mean, there's a couple things. One, I think Shark Tank is old. I'm, uh, you know, he's kind of a jerk on Shark Tank sometimes. Um, two, there was the whole Dallas was employing and protecting a guy who was beating the hell out of his uh, girlfriend. And, like, they were employing him as, like, the team writer, and he was, like, trying to kind of protect him. And then, like, it was a part of a whole another thing where Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks just really didn't respect women. There was a lot of harassment going in there, like, by like his CEO or GM or something. I don't remember what position it was, but it was somebody high up in the, in the Mavericks. So he had, like, a couple of instances there where he was really just kind of a scumbag. And then three again, like, I feel I don't really have that many mean tweets about him, but like I feel like they're collecting. I feel like they're collecting white European players, and he has the comment about how he prefers the European players to the AAU players, and he said his reasoning was because of fundamentals. And to me, again, don't want to sound super woke or whatever. Like some people are going to be mad at me saying this. That seemed like kind of racist to assume that like Europeans have the fundamentals, whereas AAU players don't have fundamentals. Because I don't know if you ever watch like these high-level basketball players. A lot of them still are pretty fundamentally sound. You know what I mean? LeBron James, pretty good fundamentals. So I felt like that was kind of uh, dog whistling a little bit. And now he's out here collecting white Europeans. So I, you know. I thought that was kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, the AAU culture comment, like I said. To me, kind of feels like the dumb black quarterback comment to an extent. And you know how I had to protect my, my guy Jameis. And look, 
Might have been wrong on that one. Always got Russell Wilson, though. Yeah. Did you read I, that Bleacher Report story about Florida State and Jameis a couple weeks ago? No, I didn't. What was it? About Willie Taggart and all the stuff that he's had to deal with because of Jimbo and Jameis. It was pretty good. It was by um, Matt Hayes, I believe. Um, basically, like, it was the wild, wild west. And it was getting bad. And then when Jameis got there, it just got totally just out of control. And, like, when they lost to Oregon, like, the players were just relieved. Not because they lost. They didn't want to lose, but they were just relieved because Jameis was going to leave and and be gone. And they wouldn't have to deal with the circus that he had created. And just like they didn't make anybody go to class players never had to go to class there like APR score was this was below the minimum the only reason they didn't get a bowl ban was because it has to be a four-year average and not just one year but like their APR score was disastrously low um Jameis could do anything I mean he could do anything he wanted it was just, it was crazy how much Jimbo, like, and how he whiffed on every single quarterback after Jameis Winston. So was it, kind, was it kind of, I mean, like, Florida and Urban Meyer letting him do anything? Like, so, like, just complete entitlement and letting him do whatever he wanted? Yeah, I mean, that's, how, that, that's, how it, that's how it seemed, you know, when story after story kept coming out. Yeah, it was just total entitlement. I mean, like, when he didn't make, when he didn't send Jim, when he didn't send Jameis home, before the during like before the Clemson game, when Jameis came out there in full pads and going through warmups, even though he was suspended, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he didn't send Jameis home. He let he told Jameis to go change, and he let Jameis come back out on the sideline, and like that's when like they lost the team or whatever, because a normal player gets told to leave and not come back for a week or two. And Jameis, he's like, oh, you just tried to totally show me up on national television. Why don't you just go put on some jeans and come back out here and then start the next week? Just stuff like that. Just total entitlement. I mean, I guess the one thing, like, different between Urban Meyer and Jimbo Fisher is that, like, Jimbo didn't have a squad of murderers. He just had one bad apple in Jameis. Gotcha. Yeah, so it wasn't crazy. like a it wasn't like a full corrupt program. So like not something that they should really worry about at Texas A and M. I guess is what I'm getting. Well, at. Well, I think they should worry about his damn quarterback recruiting because every oh, single well, one, yeah, because every single one like they listed, he went, he went Christian, he went. I guess he went EJ Manuel, Christian Ponder, Jameis Winston. He had three straight first round draft picks, and then since then he went zero for six. Um. And just didn't make any, he didn't, like, there was no discipline. Like, the the administrative staff was, the sports staff was basically told, they don't, don't worry about them going to class. The only thing you need to worry about is that they're eligible. I can respect that. So, it was just, I mean, it was just, it seemed so lazy. It just seemed so lazy. And then he just bounced the first, as soon as it got bad. Um. And that was why the athletic director, that they athletic director that was quoted in that article was like, uh, Willie Taggart has the safest seat in America. He's not going anywhere because of what Jimbo Fisher did. That's so interesting because they might have director, another. 
they might have another shitty season. Like they're really just going to roll with it. That's what they made they it seem to. like. That's what they made it seem like. I mean, the, his buyout I know is absurd. Yeah, it was yeah. over thirty million dollars last year. I think it goes down to like twenty five this year. Um, that athletic director was like, "Listen, he's not going anywhere because he's just still cleaning up the mess that Jimbo left." I mean, I'm sure there were some sour grapes involved, but it it also painted a pretty bad picture of Jimbo. I don't know what the hell we've talked about this first half, but uh, I guess we'll end it awkwardly. You see this stuff about Albert Hainsworth? No. He uh, he posted a picture on Instagram of him in a hospital bed, hooked up to all these tubes, says he has kidney disease, and the time has come now. He, he is in dire need of a kidney. His kidneys have failed him. And basically says he needs somebody to donate him a kidney. Good grief. But the bright side of this latest ordeal, I can ask for help by asking for someone to generously donate a kidney. If you are interested in giving this precious gift, call Vanderbilt at 615-936-0695 and hit option two. God bless you and thank you. That's, um, man, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty it's crazy, I guess. Like kind of, you know, obviously came out of nowhere, but. Uh, this picture doesn't look good at all of him in the hospital bed. No, I mean, no, it's it doesn't look good at all. It's pretty sad. Albert, um, what can you say about Albert Ainsworth? <laughs> Awkward transition. What can you say about Albert Ainsworth? I'm just thinking about us being in that dead spin story with him. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Brittany Jackson. I don't think you're supposed to laugh and make jokes right now. Awkward transition. I just said it was terrible. I feel awful for Albert. But now I'm laughing about me and you getting in dead spin. I don't think it was me and you. I think it was you. Was it just me? I I mean, well, I think I was, you were. I, you, you shouted out the podcast, so I guess both of us. But it was your tweet. I was at a Dwight Yoakam concert, and I pulled out my phone, and I had all this shit about me being in dead spin. Oh man, Albert, you're still welcome to come on the podcast if you're listening. I don't, I don't think he's listening, bro. He's in the hospital. Well, if anybody is listening that would like to donate a kidney, yeah, I, I gave him the I gave him the live read. I'm, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm sure other people are going to see this by the time the podcast comes out. But, well, do rich people pay for kidneys? Like, I don't know yeah. if he's rich or not anymore. Like, I, I, I don't imagine I would think he, a rich person would just, like, I think we're thinking the same thing. Like, a rich person would just pay straight cash for a kidney, right? Like, I feel like wait. if Steve Ballmer needed a kidney, he's offering somebody, like, $10 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not going on a wait list. Now, again, right. I, I mean, I don't know what type of financial situation he's in, but, like, I don't consider him rich. Yeah. I feel like if you need a kidney and you're wealthy, you could get a kidney. Yeah, sure. I mean, I would head on the black market for sure. Would you sell one? I don't, I don't know. that. Does that feel Is that gross? Does that feel like gross to say? I feel like it might be gross to say, but like I think most people would do it. But you only like, need one. I mean, you got two. Yeah, you only need one, but it always comes down to like what happens if you like – what I was always told uh, or what, what I was always, I guess, told by – I can't remember who used to say this, but like – 
they're like, no, what if you have a kid and your kid needs a kidney and then you don't have one because you sold it? Like, you're going to feel like you're going to feel pretty bad. <laughs> you feel like a real asshole, right? Like, hey, hey, sorry, little Ozzy. No, you need a kidney, bro, but I sold mine to Steve Ballmer. Yeah. But it sent, it, sent, it sent you to college, so. He got you that degree, but you now you're on dialysis three times a week. But, hey, you have that piece of paper. Awkward transition. <laughs> Shout out to the new patrons. Got a couple new patrons. Or really, I got one new patron, two people up in their pledge because they said they love us. Uh, we'll start with a uh, new patron, Colin Pruitt. Shout out to Colin Pruitt. We love you, buddy. And both Seth Ross. Well, we'll, get, we'll go one at a time. Seth Ross upped his pledge from $2 to $5. Shout out to Seth Ross. We love you, buddy. It was at 3 a.m., which is kind of weird timing. I don't know what led to that at 3 a.m., but shout out to Seth. Love you. And uh, Logan Fusen. Fusen, Fusan. Uh, sorry, I... I feel like I had this conversation whenever he became a patron. He upped his from $2 to $5. Shout out to Logan. He said, damn it, John. We love you, buddy. Thank you all for supporting my family. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Logie. I, I, type it out phonetically. I, I'm sorry. I'm a dumbass. I can't read. I'm like Floyd Mayweather. Fusen. 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 Shout out to Logan Fusen. Shout out to Logan Fusen. We love you all. Sometimes I can't read. It's okay. Let's get to some patron questions. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash reads ranch. Let's start blowing through. AJ ask questions for both scenario A or scenario B. Okay. Scenario A, scenario B. You ready? A, B. Scenario A is win the East for five years in a row, but lose the SEC championship game every time. Okay. Scenario B is beat Bama five years in a row but lose the East but still make the college football playoff. B, easy. Yeah, I feel like it's B, easy. Five East championships would be pretty cool, though. It would be cool, but beating Alabama would be probably just as cool right now, and making the college football playoff would be cooler than any of them. I I assume you make the college football playoff once out of those five. It's really not all five years. But either way. Go for broke. Yeah, you you got a one in four shot of winning a national championship. Yep. Take Whereas if you lose the East, you're you're not you're not, or if you lose the SEC championship game, you're probably not getting in. Yeah. Will Warren ask uh, rank the four seasons of the year? I would go fall, winter, spring, summer. You think summer is the best season? I was going best to last. What kind of dumbass ranks best to last? You gotta add. You gotta. You gotta count down. So I just. I just did it. I just did it that way. That's the kind of dumbass that does it. Summer, spring, winter, fall. Summer, spring, winter, fall. Winter is your second favorite season. It don't get cold here, man. Winter is like fall. It doesn't get cold in Alabama. I mean, it does for a couple days. Like does for February. But like not. And I guess you'll have a lot of tornadoes in the spring, right? Yeah, April, yeah, May, April, May. I tracked with Seth the whole way. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Brother Chad, our first patron, also our smartest patron, obviously. I'm not saying that other patrons. I didn't say that Chad was the smartest. <laughs> I love Chad, but I love all patrons equally. Sure. I can't decide if our love should be broken down into, like, 
tiers, though. It shouldn't be. Okay. We just love them all equally? Okay. okay. Yeah, we do. Mine would be... Mine would be... Summer... I don't know. I think I gotta go winter last. Mm-hmm. Because it gets cold here. Yeah, it does. It gets much colder in East Tennessee. And, you know, not anymore. Shout out to queen we had we had to come up you know we we got a house now mm-hmm. but for the last couple of winters i was living on a farmhouse that we didn't have heat bro that's pretty Win- bad that's winter pretty su- winter sucked winter sucked so bad i couldn't even like really get on my phone during the winter because my hands were too cold <laughs> i think i go winter last summer second to last spring third uh second and uh fall Number one. I mean, everyone's favorite is fall, right? Yeah, for sure. I give winter the edge over summer. Wait, what did I say? I give, I give, I don't know, but I do like dressing in warm, I do like dressing in uh, warm clothes when it's cold. Yeah. I'm not, although I have finally, it took me 20, you know, I'm 29 years old, as you know, Seth, and it, mm-hmm. it really took me until this year to become a t-shirt guy. Mm-hmm. I've never been a t-shirt guy. But now I've went and I bought a bunch of T-shirts and I rock more T-shirts. So that has helped my dressing in the summer because you saw I was just rocking like you know, polos. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God, oh, man, it's so sweaty in here. It feels yeah. awkward. But that's my official answer. Uh, would you rather live in Phoenix or Memphis? Phoenix, Fe- I, like my answer would be Memphis. I love the heat in Phoenix. I don't know. There's so many mosquitoes in Memphis. I love the heat in Phoenix. Like, yeah, it's hot, but it it there's no humidity. I felt amazing when I was in Arizona. I, I really I really loved it. I, I think that anybody tells you there's no difference between dry heat and and humidity, I think they're full of it. I loved Phoenix. My answer would be Memphis. W H asked that question. I, I want to stay in the state of Tennessee. Okay. You don't have to worry about that because you're an Alabama guy, but... I respect that. I would stay in my my home state. The heat in Phoenix doesn't seem like the kind of heat for me. I know we always talk about this humidity stuff, but I feel like Phoenix gets like in like the the low teens, right? Like 113 or something? Am I making that up? Yeah. No, I don't care how dry that heat is. It's still really, really hot. It's really crazy. Like, my sister would get out of the swim pool and like just be sprinting to a towel because she would get cold. Like, it would just dry instantly. Like it's a very weird, like, I could, like, see salt on my arms from the sweat drying. Um, It's very different than, than the heat here. Okay, let me keep asking some questions. Uh, Curl the Turtle asked if you could bring a celeb in the Discord. Who would it be? His would be Curtis Granderson. Do you have any celebrities you'd like to – to talk to frequently? Woody Harrelson or Keanu Reeves. Ooh. Those are two of my favorite. Woody Harrelson, I bet, is fun to shoot the breeze with. He doesn't really seem like a typer, though. He doesn't. He's definitely like a... He definitely like pecks at the keyboard. One at one finger at a time? Yeah. And I bet he uses like the letter U instead of typing out Y-O-U. I, yeah, definitely. He doesn't have time for the extra definitely. two pecs. But like imagine him opining on things. I bet it would be awesome. I bet it would be awesome. And then just he, like, we, could, we could have our own channel for like Keanu Reeves like firearm 
tips, you know, and he could tell yeah, us. Yeah, he could. I mean, we are we do have the gun channel, so, I mean, we already have it. We don't need a separate one. That's true. We could just have Keanu just, like, opining on guns in that channel. Think about how cool that would be. Him walking us through the, the horse fighting scene in John Wick 3. Oh, yeah. That was one of the best scenes in American cinema history. You know, I got to be honest. It was a little bit. Let, it was a little bit of a letdown for how cool I thought it was going to be. I thought the knife scene was way cooler. The knife the beginning. scene was awesome. The knife scene was awesome. That was such a good opening to a movie. Like they're just in a knife shop, just throwing knives at each other. I know. I know. It was so awesome. <laughs> what a great movie! It was so good, and we got Hobbs and Shaw coming up. In I less know. Than a month in less than a month. I know the answer is going to be no, but did you see the movie on Netflix where Keanu Reeves was in it? It was like that uh, the Asian dating movie. No, I did not. He played himself in it, and it was pretty funny. That's awesome. This girl starts dating Keanu Reeves, and he's just himself, but was really funny. It's been a good comeback for Keanu. It has been a great comeback, and he seems like a genuinely good person. I think my answer Woody is a great answer. Um, I used my favorite celebrity, at least my favorite actor, used to be Vince Vaughn, and I was watching Old School the other day, and I just forgot how funny he was in it and how just how funny he used to be. So I think Vince Vaughn would still be good typing stuff out. I still think he could show that wit off. I love Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is awesome. I wish he'd have a good movie. He hasn't had a good movie in a while. Yeah, I like Vince Vaughn a lot. Is it possible that his time is up? I hope not. Maybe maybe he's going to Maybe he'll have one more. Yeah, maybe one more. Maybe he's going to have a career resurgence. Uh DFS, what was your worst experience while in college? While in college. Um oof. I would have to think about that for a while. Like, my truly worst experience in college. I don't know. I had an ex-girlfriend try to kill me. Okay. That was pretty bad. That is bad. She threw a knife at me. Okay. Good thing she couldn't throw knives like Keanu. I know. I know, right? That was pretty bad. Um, but I still think the worst experience, the maddest I've ever gotten was, there's two instances. One time I was, like, eight minutes late to a test. And the bitch teacher would not let me come in and take it. Oh, man. And not only did she like not let me take it, she was mean to me about it. Like, I showed up. Because, like, it, it, it was my fault. It was pouring rain. I had to go to the library and get a Scantron. Mm-hmm. And by the time I made it there, it was literally like eight minutes after the test started. So I walk in. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm here to take the test. And she said, no, sorry, someone's already finished. You can't take it. And I just kind of laughed because I thought she was joking with me. And she said, no, I'm not joking. You can't take this. uh, You can't take the test. I let everyone know the rules. Sorry. And like I had to go drop the class, obviously, because like it was built off of, uh, you know, like basically you got your grade off of like three or four tests. So that that was a pretty terrible feeling because like I was mad. It was raining. I was already mad because it was raining. Studied for the test, obviously. And then she embarrassed me in front of like 80 people. And I was just very angry about that. That would be a nomination as well as um, I did a research paper one time. And again, this is kind of my fault. I wasn't a very good student when I was younger. I had submitted one topic and then I emailed him that I was changing topics. 
and I wrote it all on the second topic. And I stayed up for, you know, like basically a, a day straight getting this ready, like a 12, 14, 15 pager. And I got an F on the paper and an F in the class. So that sucked. That's rough. Those were uh, my three worst experiences. I did get um, turned in for cheating once. Wow. In graduate school, actually. Oh, I remember, I remember this. Um. And got my name submitted to the uh, Dean of Student Affairs. Got my name put on a list and was told if I ever had anything happen again, like I was um, kicked out of college. And Oof. the next semester, I was I was a graduate teaching assistant. And that next semester, the professor I was supposed to teach for was the one that I had gotten busted in his class. And he basically embarrassed me by going to the the TA boss, like the TA supervisor that was over us, and was like, I can't have him as my graduate teaching assistant because of what happened last semester. Even though he admitted to me privately that he knew I didn't cheat, but that he couldn't do anything about it because the cheating software he had said I had cheated, even though he knew that I didn't, and he wouldn't change my grade. Wait, you actually didn't cheat? No, I actually didn't cheat, John. This was the thing. Like, I thought the whole—I thought this whole time you actually cheated. Are you no, lying to the? Are no, you lying no, to the podcast no, people? No, no. I feel like you should have lawyered up. No, so basically, you should have lawyered up. You should have took this shit to the to the to the dean. Well, it, it dropped me from an A to a B. So, like, whatever. Oh, okay. Well, nerd alert. So, like, whatever. But it was like. I had worked so hard in that class and had met with that guy in office hours like weekly. And basically when you write software, you have to, you have variables and like normal people name their variables like X, Y, temp. Like this is getting pretty nerdy. Okay. Well just, I'm getting, I named my variables things cause I had a lot of variables. I started naming my things like Manning and Fulmer and Peyton Okay, things that only I would name them, and I left. I left my machine up. I left my monitor up. I didn't. I didn't sign out when I when I left the lab to go talk with somebody. And while I was gone, these couple of dudes took pictures on their phone of my code, and they didn't change the variables. And the guy knew that I graduated from UT. And so he he ran a software that would compare differences between people's code and it like came back like an 87% similarity or something which was over the threshold so he dinged us all gave us like a zero Did you uh threaten to kill those guys? No, did I mean you, I, Did you ever confront them like yeah, hey after, hey after hey it, asshole hey assholes Wait, one guy it failed one guy like one of the guys failed that course because of that. Like the guy that took the picture, who was my friend. Like I had a friend. Oh, he, he was your he, buddy. He gave he gave the stuff to two other dudes I wasn't friends with. Did it you know? Him. Did you know that he cheated? No. You didn't know he took. A, he didn't know he took the picture of your stuff. No, and I only went to that lab because I would write. I would write code at home, obviously. Like, and. I only went there that day to help him. Are you still friends with this guy? 
No. It fa- that that failed him out of the course. And I'd like after what it was over, like I I went back up to school and met with the professor privately, and I said, "Man, come on." I said, "Look at these variables. You know that I wrote this, and you know that I graduated from UT. That like I met with you every week. You know this wasn't me. I I wouldn't cheat." And like I was like, "If I would cheat, I'm just saying if I did cheat." which I never did, of course, but if I did, I would have made sure they use different variables than me because I know how your software works. And he's like, I know you didn't, but I can't show favoritism of you over the others because the software shows that y'all all did. Uh, that guy seems like a real fuck boy. Um, so anyway, like that was that, but what like embarrassed me was him showing me up the next semester and was like, he can't, he can't be in charge of teaching and grading because he cheated last semester. And I was like, dude, you just told me you knew I didn't two months previously. That was, that was embarrassing. That was humiliating. So what did you say to the people who cheated off of you? Did you uh, have I any? Talk, I only talked to the dude I knew. And I was just like, I was just like, what the hell, dude? I, honestly, I was just like, are, are you an idiot? Are you kidding me? You seriously didn't change anything. You used Peyton and Manning as your variables. Like you didn't change them to X or Y. Like this dude's, this dude's favorite athlete was LeBron. Change it to LeBron. Oh, he could have just said he was an Indianapolis Colts fan. Oh, man. Like I was just, I was so like, it was like the, the final for that class was over. Like all we had left was this last programming assignment and i was done with it i just went up there to help him like i was done for the semester okay like my summer had started and this shit happens and like i was just exhausted and i was just like are you shitting me dude like you didn't change anything but then like what like can you like he was already beat to hell because he failed the class yeah i mean what could you have done if you if, if you if you would have pushed a little further he probably would have killed himself like, what could he have even said? Like, he had to retake that damn class, which was not easy. It was not a fun class to take. Did you see that? Did you see that marathon runner who got caught cheating, that old man? No. And he killed himself? Oh, shit. He, yeah, he got busted. He tried to cheat, and he got the world record for his age. He ran the fastest marathon for, like, a 64-year-old, I think, was his age. He ran two hours and 58 minutes by cutting some of the course out, and he got busted. And everyone made fun of him, and then like three days later last week, he killed himself. Rest in peace. Awkward transition. Um, oh, did you see? I want. Did you see that that the granddad that dropped his? Oh man, I sort of. I haven't read into that story. I feel like I I've been letting the morning quickie audience down. So, give me the deets. He basically said he was holding her and then dropped her. Out and then of later, the window, like of the dining room, I think. Like, oh, I so thought, it wasn't like it wasn't like the bed. It I, wasn't I, like his his bunk or what? Oh, okay. So wait, she didn't fall in the water. She fell like on the concrete, onto a, right? Onto it. She fell like eight floors onto a deck. I think it was fourteen floors from what fourteen I read. floors. Okay, um, I saw or twelve it. double digits. I'm looking it up right now. Did she die on impact or do we know? She she made it to the hospital and died shortly thereafter. Oh. So I saw he originally took responsibility for it and said he slipped. He like just let go of her, 
And then later he was trying to blame the cruise line for saying that there win- they didn't have a window there. He so, thought there was okay. a glass there. So that yeah, you're right. And this is that's actually the first time I've seen that. But he said, um, so police in Puerto Rico said that Chloe Wiegand apparently slipped from her grandfather's hands on Sunday while he was holding her out of an 11th floor window. Um, but Michael Winkleman, a Miami attorney, claimed on Tuesday the story is not as it had originally been portrayed in the media. The grandfather didn't drop the child. The child fell due to an open glass pane that should have been closed securely. Winkleman said that Chloe Wiegand was playing with her grandfather in the kids' water zone on the ship as it was docked in Puerto Rico when she asked him to lift her to a wall of windows lining the play area. She wanted to bang on the glass like she always did at her older brother's hockey games. Her grandfather thought there was glass just like everywhere else, but there was not, and she was gone in an instant. So are they claiming that her grandfather could not tell that one of the window panes was glassless, but the others were? That was what he's trying to say now, yeah. After originally, I think he just said he lost grip of her. Yeah. The family needs answers as to why there would be an open window and a wall full of fixed windows in a kid's play area. Why would you have the danger without any warning sign or notice? Awkward transition. Pretty brutal story. Pretty brutal story. Tuck Tuck says, uh, if you could only eat at one establishment for the rest of your life, where would it be? Reminder, vacations and travel would all depend on your choice. I mean, I have no idea. Like, I, I, off the top of my head, on the fly, because of that caveat, I would say McDonald's just because there's a McDonald's everywhere. And so I could still go anywhere I wanted to go. I mean, where else, like, like you ever want to go to the beach again, you know? I mean, I know you don't want to go to the beach because you hate sand. Yeah, no. I want to go, go to the I, beach and read a book. I'm good on that. But, like, travel depends on this. Is it fair to say uh, my answer, I think, after thinking about it, is Cracker Barrel? No, that's definitely fair. That's a good answer. Breakfast, dinner. I feel like they're all over the world. Not all over the world, but all over the U.S., right? Yeah, that's a very good answer. Because didn't that one couple eat it, like, a hundred of them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. I feel like anywhere I'm going to go, there's going to be a cracker barrel nearby. Yeah. If I ever get hungry after midnight, I might be screwed, but maybe I'll just have some cracker barrel to go and just, you know, plan ahead. Maybe just keep some cornbread from cracker barrel in like your, your pocket or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I, I think cracker barrel is my answer. I know there might not be any internationally, but I don't really go internationally, you know? Yeah, Cracker Barrel is a very good answer. I thought McDonald's, but I thought, man, I would just get so fat. Yeah, that's the thing. Cracker Barrel, like, it has a lot of variety, too. Not saying that Cracker Barrel won't make me fat, but there's just, like you said, more variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I like their grilled chicken tenders. Yep. I like their pancakes. I'm sure I could find other stuff. Those are the only two things I get. They got good chicken and dressing. Okay, so I think uh, I know that might be a bad take for some people who hate Cracker Barrel, but I think my take would be uh, Cracker Barrel. Good answer. All right, last question, since we're almost at an hour. 
Uh, Matt asks, if everyone on earth was searching for you to collect a $100 million bounty, where would you go and how long could you survive? Um, so... I originally misread this question. I thought... For some reason, I thought if you okay, so if you make it two years, you get the hundred million dollars. Man, that's a big bounty for to be on your head, though. I feel like everyone's gonna team up to try to kill you. It's like John. This is basically the plot to John Wick Three. Yeah. Except we don't get to kill them with knives. Spoiler alert: We just have to hide. Speaking of Marco Polo, you know, to bring this thing back full circle. <laughs> uh, I think like if I only had twenty four hours, I mean, you can get anywhere in twenty four hours. I'm assuming. I guess it just depends on like. Yeah, John Wick only got an hour. Yeah, like what I do in those twenty four hours, am I going to be tracked? Like, whatever I do in those twenty four hours, are they going to be able to see? No, no, no. You are not tracked. But after the twenty four hours, everything you do can be traced. Like if you use your credit cards, they can track your credit cards. If you if you fly, they can track your flight. You can you know stay off the grid with cash or whatever. But everyone in the world's looking for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that like the middle of Africa would be a safe bet. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to go hide in the jungles of Congo, but I am pretty sure that there are places in Congo that have not been, like, seen by human eyes. Like, not every part of the jungle in Congo has been explored by humans. I'm pretty sure. I don't think you're going to survive there, bro. I know, I know I'm not saying I'm going to, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that I'm going to go into the jungles of Congo, but I'm saying there's like a lot of remote places in Africa. Like, I feel like that's a really safe bet. I feel like. The like the upper reaches of like British Columbia, the 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 upper part of Canada. Maybe you should just book a flight on Malaysian Airlines. They won't ever find me then. It's been what four years? You, you double the money. You got two hundred million now. Yeah, rest in peace. We think we don't know they're dead. Did you read that that long article in the Atlantic about it, like three weeks ago, three four weeks ago? No, I haven't. It was excellent. It was excellent. Um, do they have any theories? Do, are, do, do they think it might have got hijacked or that the aliens got it? Uh, no, they think the, the pilot just went postal and took, no. had a lot of his, his failings in his personal life just caused him to snap. And the people on the plane died pain, painlessly. Um, they don't know that. They do by the flight data. They know because, they died painlessly because the oxygen mass that fall out from the top would have didn't gone fly, off. Didn't fall out. No, they 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 fell out because of the the. So there's four oxygen there's four oxygen tanks in the cockpit. The oxygen mass that fall out of the ceiling when you're on a plane are only good for like certain um, heights in the sky that you might have to fly in. The flying maneuver that he did would have caused those people to die like quickly and painlessly. The the oxygen mass would have been like no no use. They it would have put them to sleep basically. It's all very well researched and and thought out. Like the guy that wrote it is is an excellent writer. Um but now the co-pilot that dude did not die painlessly. Like, uh, the pilot had to incapacitate him somehow. But the pilot then had four oxygen tanks to basically 
make it through the parts of the flight that nobody else could. And then like after he made it through like that, he put it back in normal altitude and just coasted until he ran out of gas and then just went straight down into the ground, into the ocean. Mm. So they finally figured out what happened to it. They found like there is a random, this random American from California whose dad was like Supreme Court Justice of the California Supreme Court. He has a trust fund and when he was a kid he decided he was going to visit every single country in the world and like when that when the when the crash happened it involved countries that he had never been to and he decided he was going to start looking for it and he's the one on his own that has found parts he is the one that has found debris by himself he was just searching the coast of Madagascar by himself asking fishermen where debris was most likely to wash up and he found his first piece of debris in Madagascar because he had talked to a scientist in Australia who could tell him like pattern of like the climate pattern and how the waves and the wind would blow if it crashed where they think it crashed. And the guy told him Madagascar in Australia, the scientist told him Madagascar. So he just flew to Madagascar, went to the East Coast and just started asking fishermen in Madagascar where debris normally washes up at. And he just went out to sandbars and started finding debris like immediately. Yeah, that's 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 nice and all. I still think the aliens got it. Okay. Thanks for shitting all over my MH370 diatribe I just went on. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I said it sounds good and everything, but I'm still convinced that the aliens got it. Andrew Julian says, I read that article 100% the pilot. No doubt, is 100% the pilot. I have an answer... Have the, I have a bunker I can go into that cannot be tracked. Okay. But I don't want to tell you, like, details about it, because then, like, if this scenario ever comes up... Then somebody's going to find you. You guys are going to be able to find... You guys are going to be able to find me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's a good point. I feel like Ron Swanson talking about burying his gold in, the, in his backyard, but, like... We got to... Well, I say we. I'd have to still... Like, my, my old lady would have to be in on this, but... She's got a family member who has an underground bunker. He's really rich, and he's a doomsday prepper. So he has a big bunker that he has that cannot be detected or found, and years worth of food. That's pretty cool. And a lot of machine guns in there. That's pretty cool. So I think I would go there. Like, I would hope that they wouldn't want to find... I would hope that they wouldn't want to find me, you know what I mean, like, and try to kill me. Or, like, you know, I die and I don't get the $100 million, but, like. give them a cut. Yeah, but that's the problem is, like, they're already kind of, uh, he's already kind of rich. He invented the the piece that converted, that that was an adapted iPhones and iPods to, like, where you could plug plug them in, like, to aux cords and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, he got rich from that. Good for him. I know. But he went and bought up all this, like, community in Middle Tennessee. He went and bought up all this farmland and basically made everyone quit hunting in the town so that he could have enough meat to, like, stockpile. (laughs) And they all, like, hated him because of it. And he paid, like, this guy a pretty big salary to, like, raise and take care of, like, 25 to 30 cattle and some chickens so that he could have meat. So, like, I think that's my answer. I think it would work. It'd be really boring to hide for two years, though. You know what I mean? 
Like if you're on the run hiding, that's different. But like if you're just holed up somewhere hiding for two years, that would suck. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really know what you're going to do. But we'd get so many listens on our podcast, though. Man, imagine, imagine broadcast you broadcasting from from off the grid on the run. I would probably have to like no no longer um, live stream on the Discord because people can track that. Like you, you know what happened to Shia LaBeouf, right? And the yeah. whole Four yeah. Chan and the He Will Not Divide Us and all that stuff. Like I would, I wouldn't be able to put it on the internet until afterwards. And maybe you would have to like take over recording it and all that and uh, and uploading it, but. I feel like we'd get a lot of listens. Yeah, it'd be like if Frank and Jesse James like did like fireside chats with Frank and Jesse James as they're on the run. Ooh, that'd have been cool. That would have been so badass. I would love for America to have another Frank and Jesse James. I think like I think bank robbers are just cool. But don't go robbing banks, kids, because we're not criminals. But fireside chats with Frank and Jesse James would have been pretty awesome. All right. Love you, Seth. Talk to you later, my friend. Anything else you want to say before we go? No. Good episode. Long episode. I'll get it up tonight. Uh, Talk to you soon, my brother. Love you, buddy. Bye-bye. Summertime is meant to fall in love. I could fall asleep and stay in your eyes. You're right by my side. Summertime is meant to fall in love. I wrote you a poem for your surprise. It's right by your side. Top off. When I'm not with you, I feel awful. She likes my ideas, she say I'm thoughtful. Simple, it's all good till the crescendo. Till they wake up and switch, we ain't playing Nintendo. That's why when the sun sets, I just stare at the window. Summertime is meant to fall in love. I could fall asleep.